0: You know, over the next uh, few weeks in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to look at ideas that maybe on the surface look a little similar. Kindness, goodness, and a little bit later, later gentleness. You know, even some of your translations um, kind of use these words in intermix. It, it's kind of strange. Uh, one of those is, uh, let's see, the word that we're looking at today, kindness. Uh, The King James uses gentleness in its place. And then later, you'll see that gentleness is switched with meekness in the King James. And so you'll see that there's some of that, well, they kind of all tie in together somehow. But I think as as we study these words, as we study what what God's word has to say about these things, it, it seems that the Holy Spirit will direct us, will show us some things that are true about um, these words, and, and how we can live that out in our lives. But uh, we're going to take it one week at a, at a time, okay? So we're going to look at kindness this weekend. And you know, I, I bet you've seen some of those videos, right, that are maybe floating around on Facebook or, or on YouTube. You know, the, the one where, uh, that talks about the, random, uh, the impact that a random act of kindness can have. So uh, a kid falls off a skateboard, right, and, and someone helps him up. And uh, then the kid helps the old lady across the street. And then the old lady pays for someone else's parking meter, right? And then the person who, whose uh, parking meter was paid for, they, they buy somebody else a hot dog. And, and on and on it goes, right? Until the person who, who helped that little boy up, the, the, you know, the first time around, he gets a glass of water from somebody, right? Well, that's a sweet story, right? The circle of kindness you know, it, it tends to be kind of selfish sometimes, right? Man, if I do something good, if I do something kind, maybe I'll get something out of it. You know, we tend to, tend to think of it that way a little bit. Maybe a, a token gesture that, that makes a stranger, uh, th- that meets a, a need of a stranger and makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. But that's really not what kindness is about. You know, maybe we think of it in terms of our kids. At home, we have one of those posters that, that has like the family rules, you know, and it's like, um, eat your peas, you know, and, and uh, make your bed and have fun and all this stuff. And, and one of them, right near the top, it says, play nice, be kind. It's a rule, right? It's a way that we teach our kids to get along, right? To do the right thing. And yeah, you know, there's a certain aspect of that 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 we want to see in kindness, but it's really about us, isn't it? As parents, we're like, this is going to help a lot if they really learn kindness, right? But we're going to see from God's word that we can show life-changing kindness to others because we've been dramatically changed by the kindness that God has shown to us. We can show life-changing kindness. Not just don't pull your sister's hair. and We have plenty of that at our house. It's not just, you know, uh, share your toys. It's not just do something nice for someone and maybe someday somebody will do nice, something nice for you. It's that God has shown us so much kindness. Now, what else can we do but let that out? Let that flow out. So it all begins with God's kindness to us. That's our our first point. That's our first thought tonight. God's kindness to us. You know, I hope you see a kind of a recurring theme in these characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about it with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We talked about that all these things really have their center and their example in God. That God is the one who kind of initiated. He's the one who stepped out. He's the first one to give out kindness. He's the first one to give out love and show love truly. He's the first one that poured out joy in our lives. So not only are these characteristics from him, but he is the primary demonstration of these characteristics. So we say, okay, where do I look for an example for love? Oh, (laughs) there it is. Jesus, right? Where do I look for an example of peace? Wow. Where do I look for an example of kindness? Guess what? Same place. Okay? Kindness is no different. And this, this in fact, this particular Greek word, the, the word that is in Galatians chapter 5, really seems to be one-sided. Whenever it's used in Scripture, it, it's really one-sided. It's Uh, something that comes from God toward us. Now, I would would think, okay, this word, show kindness, let's, let's demonstrate kindness, let's do good things for others. You'd think it'd be all over Scripture of saying, you better do this. You better show kindness this way. But what's amazing is that this word is used as God showing kindness to us. One resource says that this word shows God's gracious attitude towards sinners. And in case you didn't know, that's (laughs) that's us, okay? We're sinners. We've done things that are wrong to each other, to God, even in our own lives, to to us. We've wronged ourselves. And we're going to look at uh, Titus chapter 3. So if you want to take some time, go ahead and find your place there in Titus chapter 3. But first I want to share with you from Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Paul challenges us in this verse not to take lightly, this is what it says, the riches of his kindness. Don't take it for granted, the riches of his kindness. Now, what do you think of riches? I mean, yeah, I like it too, but what, what does that make you think of when you see the word riches? There's plenty of it, Right? Is that true? So he says, don't take lightly the riches of his kindness, the, the uh, multitude of his kindness, all the kindness that he has. Don't take it for granted. The riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience. And he says, don't you know that the kindness of God leads to repentance? The kindness of God leads to repentance. Repentance. I don't know about you, but when I think about repentance, I think of, okay, I'm kind of overwhelmed with this sense of this is what I've done wrong. Right? I'm overwhelmed with this sense of, man, I better get things right because I'm in a whole heap of trouble with God. But God's word says, the riches of his kindness lead you, lead us to repentance. Did you know that God when God pours out kindness on our lives before we know him, before we knew him, he does that so that we will turn to him. His kindness cries out, actually in, uh, we read the verse, Psalm uh, 34, verse 6, um, on the screen. You know, the poor man cried out, right, to God. Uh, two verses later it says, O oh, taste and see that the Lord Is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him? Wow, the kindness of God—he he he shows, he pours out his kindness on us, on our lives, so that we'll make a change. We see so many examples of of God's kindness in this world, right? Uh, In. In Matthew chapter 4, verse, uh, Matthew five forty-five, it says, The rain, the good things, the thing that we need, the rain falls upon the just and the unjust. There are some things that God pours out on us just because, right? Because he loves us, because he wants to show his kindness toward us. You know, I think of the rain and the sun and, and the beauty of creation. I think about friendships. I think about food. I think about liberty those good things that God has given us to enjoy. He has shown us great kindness. But what's amazing is that he wants to show us even more. I mean, when I think about it, I, I would say, okay, God, even if you show me a little kindness, I am through the roof. I am thrilled that you would even think of doing that for me. But he says, no, no, I got something better for you. Here it is. You know, in our society, we think about giving good things to the poor as an ultimate expression of kindness, right? As an expression of, I did my duty, I did my kindness, I'm giving to the poor. And that's really a demonstration of what Christ has done for us. The Bible says that we were all poor. I'm not really talking about financially. But we were poor. And we were really mean (laughs) toward God. We were really against God. And we were all lacking. We were all in great need. And he showed the greatest kindness to us through Christ. And he did that so that we would be set free from our sins. Let's look at Titus Chapter 3. We can read about this this kindness that he's overwhelmed us with. In verse 3, he says, uh, Paul says, For we also once were foolish ourselves. And and here he defines foolish behavior. He says, uh, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another, just not pleasant to be around, right? And, and this is our life. You know, if, if we uh, are honest about ourselves, if we're honest about our perspective of the world, you know, we kind of fall into these categories, don't we? Look at verse 4. Here we are, hateful and hating one another. And then in verse 4, but when the kindness of God our Savior, when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. (laughs) Wow. Like I said, I'm okay with just a little kindness from God. But what does he do? He blows me away. He gives me his son. The kindness. He gave all for us. Verse 5, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. It's like he picked us up, put us in a washing machine, and just made us clean, right? It's like, wow, I never knew my whites could be that white, right? This word kindness here, it's closely connected with another Greek word. The word for grace has the implication of getting something amazing that you could never have deserved on your own. Wow. That is a kindness, isn't it? And that's really an understatement. I mean, when I think of kindness, in in my own definition of kindness, I think, wow, there's kindness and then there's wow kindness, right? But I think what God is saying to us, he wants to raise our expectations of kindness a little bit. He wants us, as we treat each other with kindness, not to say, oh, well, I treated someone with kindness, but to say, I want to treat them with kindness. Do you know what I'm saying? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, it talks about the greatness of his kindness. He says that we're going to be talking about and experiencing it in ages to come. Wow. His kindness, his impact is so great that it's not only for this lifetime that we're kind of amazed and in awe. It's also for ages to come we're going to be talking about Him and His greatness and His kindness that was poured out on our lives. So when you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, when you read the fruit of the Spirit, these evidences that are supposed to be coming out of us, right, because of His Holy Spirit, because of His work in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Kind of makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? This type of outrageous, god-sized kindness. says, "I want you to demonstrate that in your life. I want that to be coming out of your life." And I don't know about you, but I say, "Are you kidding me?" Right? I can't do that kind of kindness. I can't. I can't be a part of. Uh, how? How can I even? Uh, Think about approaching that level of kindness that you poured out on us, that you have given to us. What's amazing and what I love about studying these words, studying the fruit of the Spirit, is that it's not something we really try hard to do. Right? It's not something that we conjure up and say, okay, this week I'm going to focus on love. Okay, this week I'm going to focus on joy. This week I'm going to really be peaceful. No, it's something that, that we can learn about that God wants to do in your life. And it's more like we got to kind of just get out of the way and let him do it, right? So how do others experience God's kindness through us? How do others experience God's kindness through us? Because that's what he wants, Right? That's what, that's what we should want. That, that should be our desire, is to see God's kindness come through us. And we almost go, <laughs> where did that come from? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another. Why? <laughs> be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Do these things because Christ has done it for you. Let that experience be true in your life. Isn't it true that that the person who shows the greatest kindness towards others is usually the person who's been shown the greatest kindness in their lives? Isn't that true? Something has happened to them. Something life-changing has, has, has occurred in their lives and they've experienced the kindness of others. They've experienced, in this case, the kindness of God and they say, well, how can I not be kind? How can I not go above and beyond? We have the opportunity as men and women who have turned to God, those who have trusted Christ, we have the opportunity to pour out God's kindness on others. Okay, now now think about this for a second. If we were doing that as a body, if, if believers all over our nation were doing that, if our world could see the body of Christ just pouring over kindness, don't you think that'd make a difference? Don't you think that would make people go, wow, that kindness of God thing? I better... Better figure out what that's all about. Who would ever do that? Those who have received the kindness of God. We're going to look at Luke chapter 10. So go ahead and turn there as well. Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. In this passage, here's a great example of what that looks like. Of what that pouring out of, of what that going above and beyond looks like. And I love the stories that Jesus tells. You know, he has a way of of taking what's expected, you know, and just kind of flipping it on its head. And so everybody goes, whoa, (laughs) I wasn't really expecting that. That means that I'm going to have to change, doesn't it? Oh boy, (laughs) right? So the stories that Jesus tells challenges the core of who we are, challenges us to examine ourselves. And he packs so much in there. I mean, you can read a passage and get, get something out of it. And then you can go back and read it again and go, oh, how did I miss that? And then you go back and read it again and you go, wow, there's more truth in here. This is amazing. How did he just, he's God, okay? He's really good at English. And Greek. <laughs> and you know, this story we would consider an extreme situation. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, we would come to it and say, man, that's not going to happen every day, you know. Just, just so you know, it's the story of the, the Good Samaritan. A guy gets beat up, okay, and then other people are, are coming by him, and there's one person who does something about it. Spoiler. Okay, so when, when God uh, does that in our lives, just we consider it extreme, you know, we, we consider this, I'm not going to be driving down the road and there's probably not going to be a guy laying on the side of the road, right? But it's, it's not about that. It's about when we take a step of faithfulness, he kind of allows us, he gives us opportunities to express our kindness even more and, and then express it in another way, maybe even to that same person. So let's take a look at this story of the Good Samaritan. You know, even if it's your first time uh, reading God's word or opening to Luke or, or maybe uh, coming into, into church, you've most likely heard this phrase before, the Good Samaritan. You know, we have hospitals that are named after the Samaritan. We have uh, uh, relief organizations that are named after the Samaritan. We have uh, laws in our land that are named after the Good Samaritan. So this impact of this story is really, even if you don't know the story, it's there. There's something about it in our culture, in our lives. But if you lived at the same time as Christ and his ministry on earth, you wouldn't be so popular if you called yourself a Samaritan, right? We say, oh, he's a good Samaritan. That's not exactly something you'd want to be called in Jesus' time. And really, it was, it was a, a spite. It was a, you know, when there was a whole discussion about this love your neighbor thing, Right? And, and actually, it's here in this conversation. But, but there was a whole dis- discussion about who, who's my neighbor? Well, obviously, the person that lives next door to me. Obviously, my, my faith community. That's important to me. Obviously, those who are among my culture and, and my people. But Gentiles, I'm not so sure about. Right? And for most of us, that, that's us. Okay, so be careful. Okay, so uh, and, and then also... Beyond Gentiles, even if somebody was to say, okay, I'm going to be kind to this Gentile. I mean, I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart, right? I'm going out of my way. That Gentile would never, ever, ever be a Samaritan. So if you're a Samaritan, you're like on the bottom of the totem pole, you know? You're not important in their eyes. So as we come to this scripture, it becomes even more impressive what the kindness of God will do. I want to share with you several statements from this passage, passage that show what God's kindness can look like through us. Let's look at Luke chapter, thir- uh, chapter 10, verse 30. God's kindness understands the world that we live in. Now let me explain that. Verse, verse 30, let's read it. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Well, that's a great way to start a story, isn't it? You know, we live in a broken world. We live in a world where bad things happen, where terrible things happen. There are desperate needs in our world. You know, that makes the demonstration of kindness even more valuable, doesn't it? You know, there are real deep needs that Christ wants to meet in someone's life through you. God's kindness understands the world that we live in. God's kindness doesn't know excuses. <laughs> Look at the next two verses. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, maybe you've read the story before. And so you go, okay, yep, the priest went by, the Levite went by, yep. But think about this for a second. If you were coming in this driveway and you saw a person who was not just sleeping, okay? They were beat up. They were bruised. Their clothes were torn apart. And you just said, oh, okay. And drove in the driveway and said, well, I I didn't want to be late for church. You know, I just... And then on your way out, you saw him again. He said, well, you know, dinner's calling. I got to go, right? Right? But what's the core of that? I mean, that that, that sounds so ridiculous, but what's the core of that? We make excuses because we'd rather not be bothered. And it takes our time. It takes effort. And even saying that, I think, well, what about the sacrifice of Christ, right? That took time. That took effort. He was willing to do that for me, and not only for me, but for all of you, and not only for all of you, but for the whole world. And I'm not willing to stop. You know what really gets me is there's a priest and a Levite servants in the temple of God, ones who should know better. Ones who should know their calling is to demonstrate the kindness of God to others. I don't know about you, but that's devastating, right? Because when I look at them, I say, oh man, you guys are messed up. What are you thinking? Then I say, what about you, Chris? (laughs) God's kindness doesn't know excuses. And then something changes in the next verse. In verse 33, it says, But a Samaritan, are you kidding me? The lowest of the low, was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. God's kindness is a split-second decision. It really is. Look what, what was the case here. The Samaritan comes, he sees him, and what happens? His heart goes, oh my goodness, I've got to do something about that. It's amazing to me because he had no connection with this guy, right? He had, he had no, it wasn't like he saw his buddy and said, oh man, my pal, he, he fell, you know, he's been robbed, this is terrible. It was a complete stranger. And probably a Jewish person who hated him. And yet there was something inside. There was God's kindness inside that poured out. Kindness, God's kindness is a split second decision. It's not an obligation. It's not something he worked himself up to. It just... Then in verse, the beginning of verse 34... The Samaritan came to him and bandaged up his wounds, poured oil and wine on them. God's kindness provides immediate comfort. He took out his first aid kit, you know. He started to do the best that he could. And it's not to say that, that uh, he would fix everything in this time. He wouldn't make everything better. He, uh, but it began the process. He stopped the bleeding And how many people in our world, how many of our neighbors are bleeding? They're in need and they just need somebody to stop the bleeding by showing kindness. Provides immediate comfort. And that's different, isn't it, than putting 200 bucks in somebody's can, right, that they're holding up. Because you say, oh, well, that was my goodness. That fixes things. That makes things better. Does it? God's kindness understands the greater need. Look at the second part of this verse. In verse 34. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He'd just bandage him up, said, hey, buddy, hope you make it. <laughs> I don't think we'd be using him as an illustration tonight, right? We'd say, what were you thinking? You got to help him out. You got to show him kindness. He understood that this man was in desperate need of care. And it was beyond what he could give him. It was beyond what he could physically do for this person. But he said, you know what? I know one who can do something about it. Let me introduce you to him. (laughs) And in his case, it was the innkeeper. It was the inn. It was the place where this person could heal. But he was active in it, right? There are so many people who need to hear that God can heal them and wants to heal them. He wants to do a work in their lives. Putting money in a can isn't enough. <laughs> it's good sometimes, but God's kindness says don't stop there. God's kindness is a long-term responsibility. Look at the verse 35. On the next day, I don't know about you, but if I was coming, if I had somewhere I needed to be, I'd say, okay, good, you, you got it, you're, you're there. Now let me go about my business, right? I did what I could for you. Says he was still there the next day. On the next day, he took out two denarii. He gave him the innkeeper money and gave them to the innkeeper and says, take care of them, and whatever more you spend, uh, when I return, I will repay you. Wow, that's pretty generous, isn't it? That's amazing. He understood that, and, and God, God's kindness understands that there's a long-term responsibility. That there's an investment that needs to be made. And you know, I think sometimes when we, when we read the story or we think about kindness, sometimes we think about it in terms of finances. We think about it in terms of, okay, you're in a tough spot. Here, let me give you money. I did good, right? But God is saying, there's more than that. Are you investing in someone's life? Are you allowing God to be the healing salve that covers a wound? You know, Peter said to a blind man who was begging by the side of the road, he said, silver and gold have I not. That's just his way of saying, dude, I'm broke, (laughs) right? But what I have, I give to you. And Peter, because of the power of God, healed that man of his blindness. So sometimes we could come and we could say, Look, I got nothing. But I do know a God who loves you. And I want to help you and invest in you and be a part of your lives. Again, it takes time, it takes impact, it takes commitment. Number seven, God's kindness gives, us, gives space for a healing work. So you saw that, that um, the, the Samaritan, you know, he took him to the inn, he took care of him, and then he left. <laughs> said, I'm going to come back, but I'm leaving. I'm, I'm kind of giving some space. That's a good principle. You know, sometimes people need to, okay, after you give them help, after you start them on the road, sometimes they need that space, Right? to make decisions for themselves, to, to let God speak to them through other circumstances. And then in, in verse 36 and 37, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell on robber's hands? Jesus says, okay, you heard the story. Now which one? The priest? This isn't a joke. The priest, the Levite or the Samaritan, right? Right? <laughs> And it's amazing. The man who who brought up this question, who is my neighbor, says, the, the guy who showed kindness. He didn't even want to acknowledge it, right? But that act of kindness, those acts of kindness, that God kind of kindness sent ripples throughout that crowd. And think about it, 2,000 years later, we're talking about this Samaritan. God's kindness impacts all who are around, who hear it, who see it. And so when, when God shows his kindness through you, know that it doesn't end with that person. Know that your time and investment And what God is doing in their lives, it's not something that we just, it's over. But it's also not something that we we draw a circle and say, wow, I hope that gets back around to me because I did really good on that one, right? It's more of a, a ray, a ripple that goes out from us. It allows others to see the kindness of God. So what would that look like in your life? So take this example and say, what would that look like in my family? That long-term responsibility, right? That immediate action, that, that uh, compassion that wells up inside of you when you see a need in your family. What would that look like in your church? What would that look like in your community? What's the impact that it's going to make when God pours out his kindness from your life. It seems like an impossible task, right? It seems like, man, it went from just being nice to somebody to, I have to, you know, give them my house. <laughs> but it started small. It started with one step of obedience. It started with one, the compassion of the heart that God has placed there. He says, I want you to step by step show my kindness. I don't need you to know every step. I don't need you to know what that all looks like. I just need you to obey, to be obedient to me, to hear my voice. And when you hear, respond. When you see a need, say, Lord, how can I be a part of that? How can I be a part of meeting that need? Not every situation is this extreme. But it's a picture of the kindness that is typical of our God. It's the kindness that he has the ability to show through you. So what are some kindness starters, okay? Just real quickly. Spend some time with someone who just lost a loved one. That's a starter, right? Who knows where it will go from there, but that's a start. Go out of your way to let your kids know that they're special. Isn't that true? Help a neighbor catch their runaway dog. <laughs> it's a simple act, but there's more to follow. Buy some groceries for a stranger. See something that needs to be done and do it. At home, at work, in your community, you know, maybe it, it's bringing that coworker that, that you don't get along with. Bring him a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Does that fix everything? <laughs> Probably not. But it shows the kindness of God, doesn't it? Start here and see what up, other opportunities he'll give you to show the kindness, his kindness through you. It's amazing as we look at these different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. They aren't dependent on personality. You know, some people are, are reserved. Some people are outgoing. Some people are commanding. Some people are shy, right? But God's kindness can be exhibited powerfully through each of those personalities. Through my personality and through your personality. In different ways, with different strengths, You know, some people start movements, right? But some people give a glass of cold water. But he does a work in us that brings these fruits out, these fruits of the Spirit. Allow him to do that in you today. Let's pray. Father, we come before you as the one who has shown the greatest kindness to any undeserving person. Lord, you have shown that kindness to me. How could I withhold it? How could I try to bottle it up, Father? I can't. Lord, that you would allow it to flow out from us Lord, that you would give us the compassion, the heart. Give us the eyes. Open our eyes to the needs around us. Lord, help us to be paying attention.